Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. We're going to begin in, in uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse number 19, and we're going to talk about how that, the, the, that this authority has been provided to us, that Jesus made it possible for us to operate in this authority, but in order for it to have any advantage for us whatsoever, we have to receive it. It's kind of like me standing before you and, and saying, Here, uh, I want to give you this phone. And I can stand here to Betty, right here. I can stand here to Betty, and I can say, Betty, here, take this phone, take this phone, take this phone. And she doesn't have it, but go ahead, take it, go ahead and take it, go ahead and take it, okay? Now she's got it. Now she's got it. Now this is what the Lord's not going to do. Give it back. <laughs> But, but that's the point. We have to receive it. We have to take it. God can provide all of this. It's like healing. We have to receive it. It's like prosperity. We have to receive it. It's like peace. We have to receive it. We can't just know about it. We have to receive it. The Bible said in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 19, Jesus speaking, He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means Hurt you Now, some people say, well, is that really serpents and scorpions? Well, go to the verse right before that, okay? The Bible said, He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now, when Satan manifested himself in the Garden of Eden, what did he manifest himself as? A serpent, a snake. So what Jesus was saying, He wasn't talking about walking on physical serpents and scorpions, what he was saying here was, I'm giving you power to walk on serpents and on scorpions. He was telling us, I'm going to give you the power to walk all over the devil. Yes, come on. I'm going to give you the authority to walk all over the devil. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's why I know he's talking about the devil. Because he said all the power of the enemy. And then he goes on and he said, And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so this is talking about anything that Satan sends as an attack against us will hurt us. That doesn't mean we can't hurt ourselves. That doesn't mean that there are other things that can't happen. But he's saying that I'll give you the authority over the devil and the devil will not have the power to hurt you. The devil will not have the power to harm you. So how do we receive this authority? Well, it's simple. We speak faith. We speak the Word of God. The Word will work if you work the Word. You guys probably have heard that more than any congregation on the face of the earth. I wanted to get inside of you. I want you to know that this is not just a book that we read, but it's a book that gets inside of us and we can allow it to work inside of us and then we can take it as a tool, speak it out of our mouth, line our lives up with it, and we can work the Word and the Word will produce for us if we work that Word. So when we receive this authority, we receive it by speaking faith. So you say, well, what, what would that sound like? Well, we have to speak what the will of God is. We have to learn to speak what the will of God is. And when we speak the will of God, then we receive the will of God for our life. 
There, now listen to me very closely. There are some things that God has prepared for you that you will never receive until you activate it through the confession of God's will over your life with your mouth. You say, well, I, don't, I just don't understand it. Well, you can't even be saved without confession. If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you can be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the way that we receive this authority is we begin to speak out the Word of God and when we do that, we are forcing ourselves to come in line with the Word of God and God's will for our life. And when that happens, there is something spiritually powerful, not magical, but there's something spiritually powerful that happens. We line ourselves up with God and we become the conduit of God's anointing and the conduit of God's power and God begins to work through us to perfect His will inside of us. Now, God's will is that we are healed. God's will is that we are whole. God's will is that we are at peace. God's will is that... Is that that um, we have what we need. That's God's will. The Bible said in 1 Peter 2.24 that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed. So when the Bible says we were healed, now in Isaiah the Bible said that we are healed looking towards the cross. 1 Peter 2.24 says we were healed looking back at the cross, the finished work of Calvary. So our healing has already been purchased, bought, paid for and, uh, and it's owned. That healing is owned. Who owns it? We do. We own our healing. We own it. We own it. But we have to receive it. We have to receive it. If you buy a car and you buy it on order, so in other words, you order it, you order the color that you want and all this kind of stuff, you can pay for that thing and you already own it before it's ever off the assembly line. But there's going to come a day when you're going to get a phone call and they're going to say, come down here and get the keys to what you own and drive it off the lot. And you can lose $5,000 the minute that you drive it off the lot. But that's, that, that's the point that I'm trying to make. Jesus has already purchased for us our healing. Jesus has already purchased for us our peace. Jesus has already purchased for us the answers that we need from God. And we already own it. What we have to do is take possession of it. So when we receive the gifts of God, including His authority, then we are receiving what Calvary paid for. Now, let me take this just a little bit farther. Go with me please to the book of Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. This is good stuff here. This is good. It teaches people how to live in the victory. All right. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Now, how do we receive it? We receive it. Now, let me put it like this. When we become born again, the Bible says that we are in Christ. Somebody say, in Christ. In Christ. So when I become born again, then I'm in Christ. Everything Jesus has done... Everything He has and everything He is applies to us because we are in Christ. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus was buried, when Jesus rose again, 
you were in Christ. Now let me give you this scripture, Romans 6 verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into, somebody say into, into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we, if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the church the body of Christ. When Jesus died and went into death, we were baptized into His death, then everything that Jesus conquered through that baptism into death, coming back into resurrection and newness of life, everything that smacks of death when He rose again because we were baptized with Him into death and raised in resurrection power with Him, then Everything that he conquered through his death, we have victory over. You have victory over the power of death in your life. The enemy that comes to you and says, I'm going to destroy your dream. The enemy that comes to you and says, I'm going to wreck your life. The enemy that comes to you and says, I'm going to destroy your health. The enemy that comes to you and says, I'm going to tear everything away from you that means anything to you. You have power over that. You have authority over that. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So because we were baptized with him into his death and buried with him by baptism into death, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of of the Father or the ambience of God or the majesty of God or the presence of God, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There's all kinds of places in the Scripture where the Bible talks about new things. Behold, I will do a new thing unto you. His mercies are new every morning. Sing a new song unto the Lord. All kinds of things like that. All kinds of places. God's into new things. In the fall, things die. In the spring, there's new growth. Well, up north, there is. But you understand what I'm saying. God's into new things. The Bible said that we should walk in newness of life. That means that there should be a freshness to our relationship with the Lord. That means that that He shouldn't be getting old to us. The relationship that we have with God, if, if coming to church is getting old, if if prayer is getting old, if reading your Bible is getting old to you, if you know living the Christian life is getting old to you, then I would encourage you, take a couple of days, get away by yourself with the Lord and, and encourage yourself in the Lord. Allow God to renew your spirit until the spark is there again. The Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. I've been there before. I've been there where it didn't matter who preached to me, I wasn't getting encouraged. Didn't matter how long I prayed, I wasn't getting encouraged. Didn't matter who sang the songs or how powerful the songs were. I've been there before. How many's been there? What I found out is many times that's just because I'm weary. 
And so you go somewhere and you rest and you get the temple of God refreshed and you get the temple of God renewed and all of a sudden there's something inside of you that will start coming alive again and then you just start worshiping. And you start praising the Lord and your spirit becomes renewed before the Lord and you begin to walk in newness of life. So if we're planted together in the likeness of a death, we should also be in the likeness of His resurrection. What does that look like? If I'm living in newness of life, if I'm living in the likeness of His resurrection, then that means that I am no longer ruled by the power of evil. That means that sin no longer reigns in my mortal body. That means that the devil no longer has power over me. That means that my old habits no longer hold me in bondage. That means I have power over sickness and disease and oppression and wrongful thoughts and sinful actions. That means I have power over those things because I have been made free in Jesus Christ. John chapter 8, the Bible said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, and he whom the Son set free shall be free indeed. Come on, high five somebody and say, You're free tonight. Some of you that's too far away, just air high five them. Come on, just like, BJ, BJ, yeah, there you go. All right. All right. So, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Go there. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 30. I want to show you something here. We're talking about embracing the authority that the Lord has given us. I want to show you an Old Testament principle here. Very important. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 through 20. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Let's read that again. God's speaking. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. I have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Your neighbors and friends have a choice to make. Cursed or blessed. Life or death. Well, I think I'll choose life. And I think I'll choose blessed. So I think I'll live the blessed life. Come on, what do you think about that? Well, you sure don't want to die a cursed death, do you? No, no, no. So, so God was saying, you can choose. You can choose. And then verse 20, that thou mayest love. And this is after he said, choose life that, that you and your seed will live. That you may love the Lord your God and that you will obey his voice. And that you will cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days. So when I choose life, that means I choose God. Because God is love and God is life and God is peace, Jehovah Shalom. And God is healer, Jehovah Rapha. And God is righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. 
God is God. He's the one that gives me life. And so the Bible says here, It's thy life and the length of thy days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord gave unto your father, swore unto your father, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give it to him. A lot of people just pass right over that. But the Word of God says He would give it to us. It means I don't have to work for it. Hallelujah. The Bible said that He would give us houses that we did not build. He would give us harvests that we did not plant. That, that the harvest would, harvesters would overcome the sowers. The reapers would overcome the sowers. It's called living the blessed life. In the book of Amos, in the Phillips translation, there's a passage there. I didn't know I was going to go down this road, but there's a passage there where the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord would chase you down and overtake you. Now, how's that going to happen? By choosing life. By choosing life. Okay, Lord, I'll choose that. Lord, I'll choose peace. Lord, I choose tranquility. Lord, I choose your anointing. Lord, I choose your power. Lord, I choose your presence. Lord, I choose you. I want you in my life. I want you in every area of my life. I want you in every fiber of my being. And when you do that, He fills you with authority. He gives you the authority to overcome things that are contrary to life because you chose life. So in order for you to have that life, He's got to give you something that can conquer things that are contrary to life and that is the authority of the believer. So He gives you that authority. So we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Now, one more passage of Scripture. You say, well, how, do, how, how can we have that kind of authority? How, how can we know that, that, that we can have that kind of authority? Well, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9 that God washed us with the blood of Jesus, that Jesus washed us with His own blood, rather, and presented us to His heavenly Father as kings and priests unto God. So it's like after Jesus died on Calvary, He took that blood and He washed our sin as far as the east is from the west, remembers it against us no more. The blood of Jesus Christ, which is the atonement, makes us at one with God. It removed the barrier of sin between man and God. And so Jesus is exalted far above principalities, powers, mights, and dominion in every name that is named. And He takes the church, which is the body of Christ, and He looks at God and He presents us to God. And He says, this is what my blood bought. This is the kingdom. This is your kings and your priests. This is what my blood bought. Well, kings have authority and priests have power. Prophetic power. The Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 that we are a chosen generation. Chosen by who? By Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ is what marks you chosen that's what marks you chosen 
The Old Testament saints weren't marked by the blood of Jesus. They were marked by the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers and turtle doves, but you're marked by the lamb that was the blood of the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, and that identifies you as a different class to God. You are a believer that has authority because you are marked by the blood of Jesus. Cleansed and washed by the blood of Jesus. The blood that didn't just cover sin, but destroyed the power of sin. The blood that didn't just cover death, but conquered death. Come on. You got to nod at me. I don't have my glasses on. I got to see if you're with me here. Yeah. Are you getting this? You have authority tonight. We have authority. The authority of the believer because we have been selected, we have been set apart. We have been presented to God by the blood of Jesus as a kingdom of kings and priests unto our God. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we would show forth the praises of Him who's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now in the New Living Translation, it says it like this. You're a chosen people. You're royal priest. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. You belong to God. You chose Him and He took ownership of you because of the blood of Jesus. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God because He called you out of darkness into wonderful light. By this will men know that you are my disciples indeed if you have love one for another. The blood of Jesus Christ marks us as the kingdom of kings and priests for God, to God, and our works, which is goodness and peace, goodness and gentleness, and you know, the fruit of the Spirit is what marks us as Christians to the world. So the blood puts us in class of the authority of a believer before God and how we conduct ourselves on the earth identifies us as Christians to the world. We have authority. We have to receive it. Jesus provided it. We receive it. When we receive it, we start living in Him and we allow Him to live inside of us and the authority that we walk in is because of His blood and it's activated through His name. At the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me encourage you tonight. Use His name. Use His name. Declare things in His name. Pray in His name. Worship in His name. Live in His name. Be marked by His blood and live with the authority of His name at work in your life. Good stuff, isn't it? Amen. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4.com.
And that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.